Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Lisa Kipps Brown. Lisa helps entrepreneurs solve big problems, big picture problems with disruptive strategic thinking and no gobbledygook. Author of the books, Disrupt Your Now and Boomer Cash Out, she's a refreshing change in a world full of self-proclaimed experts who throw jargon around like candy. Her father was blind, which ironically gave her a natural advantage. Every day she watched him do things that anyone would think he shouldn't be able to do, like operate a lathe, ride horses, play basketball, own a business, and even mow the grass. She absorbed a different way of thinking and wasn't even aware of it. Welcome, Lisa. How are you today? Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm great. How are you? I'm great, too, and I'm so happy to have you. We're going to have a great conversation today. Yeah, I'm excited. So my first question is, your father helped you look at business with another perspective. Explain how that made you the entrepreneur you are today. Okay. Well, you know, it's funny because growing up, I didn't even realize because he was just blind. You know, you don't think about what color your parents' eyes are and things like that. He was just daddy. But I literally never ever heard him say, I can't do that. You know how people will use whatever as an excuse. If there was something he wanted to do, he was going to do it or bust wide open. Wow. (laughs) When you grow up around somebody like that, who just like, as I said, we had a a woodworking shop in our basement. He had a lathe. He let a sighted man come over one night to use it. And that man was so worried that daddy was going to cut himself. He cut his own finger off and daddy literally never cut himself. So it's amazing because my husband's a woodworker and Mm -hmm. he cut the tips of two fingers off (laughs) and he cited. So it's amazing that he was able to do that. Yeah. And and as I said, he rode horses. He mowed the grass. But like he did it barefoot. He could tell with his feet what was mowed and what wasn't. And so it didn't dawn on me until I was older. I knew I thought differently, especially as I got older and got into business and everything. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I look at things differently and that I just, I never look at them within the perspective that everybody else is. And I never understood why. And about 10 years ago, it kind of clicked. I'm like, of course, because I'm used to growing up with somebody who always found a way to do it. You know, some kind of workaround, some kind of way to do anything they wanted to do. And that just kind of naturally transferred over into my business life. So even in the 90s, I started my web development company in 1996. In the 90s, in 97, I developed a subscription-based service, online service for for professionals and really the only subscription-based services back then were internet service providers like America Online. And so people weren't even thinking about that, but I did it because 
I, because they had printed, they had a volume of books, multi-book mm-hmm. volume of books. And I'm like, this is stupid to keep paying for printing and shipping and all that. And I converted them over to a digital, digital subscription. And so, you know, people back then were like, why would you do that? Why would you not print a book? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, um, now it's yeah, the norm. Yeah. And over the years, especially with the internet, I've realized I'm usually about 10 years ahead. And it's not that I'm so smart. I'm not saying that. It's just that because I look at things differently and without limit, I tend to not um, limit myself as to what I'm thinking. But the bad thing is it's hard to find clients that, you know, most people can't understand that their eyes just glaze over when I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they they go, you want me to do what? (laughs) Yeah. And why would that be a good thing? But yeah, yeah, you are ahead of yourself, which is really amazing. That's just great. Yeah, I've owned my web development and uh, business strategy company since 96. So 25, oh, it'll be 26 years in March. That's a long time. Yeah. And women weren't doing that back in the 90s. No, and I was raising two babies and caring for my father-in-law who had Alzheimer's. Oh, boy. He lived with us for over seven years. And then... I'm getting off topic, but then when my kids grew up and moved out and it was going to be my time, this is my time to concentrate on myself right, right after that. My mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and I moved in with her and my husband and I cared for her for the last like five years of her life. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, I feel like I've spent, well, I mean, shoot, that's like 13 years. I'm 60. So 13 of my years have been spent caring for loved ones. But I have to say that's part of the reason that I own my own business and that I've built it the way I have. Because I want to control my life. Exactly. Flexible. You can work around family because it's important to take care of family. It really is. Mm -hmm. I I interviewed another man from Germany. He wrote a book about his wife and he was taking care of her for years. So while he was taking care of her, he wrote this wonderful book about Uh her. And so that was really, really amazing. And he had never written before. He was like a chemical engineer or something. It was so amazing. But he, I need to read, I need to read it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get you that information. I forget what episode he is, but he was really interesting to talk to. And what he did is he has the book went back to um, the Cold War when there was a wall in Germany and Uh she was in East Germany and what that life was like and all. She he wrote all about that. And it was really, really interesting. He wrote it like a novel, even Mm -hmm. though it was pretty much his wife's life. But that's what he did with his time, which is amazing. That is so he couldn't sweet. work. He couldn't. Yeah, work. And yeah. again, he had just gotten ready to retire. He thought he was going to retire and travel the world. And then she got very ill and she was ill for, I think, 10 years. He took care yeah. of her a long time. It wasn't mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. It was other physical ailments, but he needed to be with her at all times. So, yeah. yeah so that was wonderful. What so, a good husband. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So, but that's the thing about owning your own business. And I think that's the thing boomers look for because we don't want to be working. 40 to 60 or 80 hours anymore. We don't want that. We want time with family, time with friends, but we still want to do something because it keeps your mind active. You know, kind of clients I love to work with. I can tell you, I've been an entrepreneur since 1990. I own two other businesses before this one. And I can tell you the biggest mistake over the 32 years Mm -hmm. that I've been advising other business owners, the biggest mistake is people built 
building a business by looking at what other people are doing and mimicking them, right. they end up with a business they never wanted to own. And then oh. they wonder why they're miserable. Right. And so what I do is I help them figure out what they really want out of life and right. how they can build their business so that they can live life that way instead of all of a sudden realizing that they're trapped in a business that, right. they, you know, that they have a hard time getting out of. I love right. things. And then one of your books is Boomer Boom. Cash Out. Yes, where you yeah. teach us how to build it the right way so that you can sell it. Because right now I'm building my podcast, but it's all about me. So it's mm-hmm. not nothing that I can sell or pass on at this point, but there probably is a way to make it that way, right? Well, and you have to remember that you are generating a ton of content that's right. valuable. So, it, I mean, that's kind of the same thing as writing a book you're generating an entire library of content with hundreds of different guests, all kinds of expertise. So probably someday, I mean, it's not something that people are going to be beating down the door to buy, but it's something that if you happen to meet the right person, she could sell it. And I can tell you that that business that I mentioned in 97, they were on the verge of bankruptcy. And so I was helping them turn it around and I sold it right before the dot-com bubble burst and we didn't even have it up for sale. Somebody just called and said, we want to buy it. Wow. All the things that we were doing. Yeah. So you just never know. But yeah, I remember that you are building something of value. That's true. So, and I do have to think about it more and think about how maybe one of my children take it over sometime in the future. So pass it down. Yeah. Or think about this and sorry, I'm going all down into this. I'm going down the rabbit hole. (laughs) I mean, a healthcare company or something like that. You have an entire library of content that's inspirational to this age group, you know, absolutely. You know, it, it's it, look at all those hours. It definitely has value. It definitely does. And I, and at some point I will write a book and have a uh, different guest do a chapter each because there's so many wonderful guests. Yeah. At some point I will do that. Not till I'm in Florida and settled because right <laughs> now my schedule is crazy, but yeah. it is something I've thought about too, because that's similar to your book, Disrupt 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 your now. now. Yeah, disrupt your now, because I think you interviewed a lot of different entrepreneurs. Yeah, I have 50 entrepreneurs that we just talked and just kind of like us now. And but we talked about their entrepreneurial journey and the biggest lessons they've learned and, you know, things that they did to adapt and overcome challenges. And then I took all that and ended up breaking it down into five parts. It starts out about you. Then it's like, what do you really want out of life? You know, right. then it goes out to the circle, your support network, who's around you, you know, who can you learn from? And mm-hmm. then it, I go out uh, into learning to think creatively and more the business stuff like delegating. And then I end with having a higher purpose because right. business needs to be about more than money. But yeah, so I interviewed 50 people. They didn't write it. But mm-hmm. I interviewed them and I have 102 short stories in ah, there. And right. every one is from one of those people's experiences. And then I end each of their stories with a lesson from Lisa. Yeah, there you I go. Had, I had a ball doing it. it I like that lesson from Lisa. <laughs> uh-huh. 
<laughs> and so a lot of the people I already knew, but a lot of them I didn't. And I've made great friends, you know, introduced to them. Oh, you got it. They'd be great for your book. So <laughs> I started out, I was going to have 10 or 12 people and ended up with 50. I'm like, wow. okay, I cut it off. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's yeah. a lot. I'm <laughs> doing a workbook, Disrupt My Nail, to help right. people who want to try to figure out, you know, how to, to reimagine their business because it's the successful entre- entrepreneur's guide to reimagining your business and life is right. the subtitle of Disrupt Your Nail. So if somebody's really trying to do that and they feel like they need more structure than just right. that and doing it on their own, I'm creating a workbook for them. Oh, and that's perfect. That's perfect. Because there's a lot of boomers out there. A lot of them like around 60 are, try- are starting yeah. their own businesses because they know that they don't want the 40 plus hour work week anymore, but also the businesses don't seem to want older employees, which is nuts because we're right. a much better employee, Yeah, but that's okay. Cause it's better for us to build our own businesses and then our time's flexible. And then if you have some kind of a, you have a health emergency or someone in the family does, you can be flexible. So yeah. And you know, I've worked with a lot of people who got laid off whatever, and they're around our ages and, yep. and they know they're probably not going to be able to get a job or even right. if they, they're probably going to be miserable. And I have to remind people all the time, you have decades and decades of really, really valuable experience. Absolutely. And when companies lose that experience, mm-hmm. a lot of companies don't realize what they're actually losing. They don't, so, they have no idea what they're losing. Yeah. So a lot of my clients, I'll help them figure out how they can use that lifetime of experience in a way that fits the life that they want to live. Some of them it's consulting and that's pretty obvious, but some of them it's something totally different, but I can help, I I can help pull out, you know, we pull out like a thread and help them figure out, oh, I never even thought of doing whatever, you know. Yeah. See that? If somebody out there has lost their job or they're going to retire and they know that they don't want to quit work, make sure that you just really try to follow your heart and dreams and find something, yeah, that you can make the money doing, but that will be fun for you. Right. And that's why I picked podcasting because I love to talk because yeah. I'm pivoting. I've been doing real estate for 17 years, but I don't want to be that 80 year old person still selling homes. So yeah. I knew that. So for the last year and a half, I've I started, I've been looking into it for probably two and a half years and doing some studying and learning what I needed to do, blah, blah, blah. And then I started it in 2021, no, 2020, October of 2020. Mm-hmm. I finally got started. And I just love sharing with people. I love talking to people. That's what I loved about real estate. I love the interaction. I love being in the office with all the other agents. So this is similar. And then I always wanted to be an inspirational speaker when I was younger. And this is perfect. This is perfect. So that's the way you have to think. Was there something you always wanted to do that now it can look different. It's not inspirational speaker, but this is very similar. So, yeah. you know, you just morph into something else because if we're going to live from 60 to 90 or hundred, you can't yeah. be sitting on the couch all those years. That's you, just, right. you won't that live is, that long if you do. Yeah. And that is the quickest way for your body and your mind to just go because you need right. to keep challenging your challenging yourself. 
You know, Absolutely. I saw my show in, in 2020 also, my live show. Oh, did I you start? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that spring, I guess it was. But yeah, it was 2020. And I think it was that spring or maybe June, something like that. So that's mm-hmm. funny we did it at the same time. Right. And what made you decide to do a live show? Like what made you think you wanted to do that? Well, I had been wanting to do a podcast for three years. And I'm one of these people, I'm great, like big picture, way up high, you know, 30,000 feet. But when I get down into the weeds, then I get all OCD and details and can't get out of the weeds. So I kept going, oh, what do I want to talk about? And oh, thinking about the production. And I kept just obsessing over all that stuff. And I started thinking about what if I start it and I don't like it and I feel trapped? Because, you know, like I said, I can't, I, I like my freedom and I like my flexibility. So right. all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Why am I even going to do a traditional podcast? Just do it at the time, Facebook Live. And the way I looked at it is, hey, if I put it out in the wild immediately, I can't obsess. I can't get all right. CD and perfectionist. So I started doing it and have just had a ball. I think I've got like 80 episodes now. And yeah. so now I'm still doing it every week. And by the way, everybody, Terry's going to be on my show March 1st. March 1st. Uh, so everyone, don't forget to tune in to yep. either Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube. Or any YouTube. Any, any of those three. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So now I am actually um, transforming the videos into a traditional podcast so mm-hmm. that people can listen that way as well. But I'm still going to be doing it live, streaming, yes. and it's all done. And all I have to do is do add the intro and the outro and pop it up on the there you go. That works. You know, when I was um, trained by John Lee Dumas, who makes a ton oh. of money with his podcast, yeah. and he was doing a daily one, which I don't know how people do daily ones that is a lot of work, mm-hmm. but he built this up and he was younger. And, you know, so he did this daily podcast on business and business is always big. He got, again, interview, he interviewed business people, but he would keep saying to all the people that trained under him, you got to just do it. Don't wait till it's perfect. You just got to jump in and do it. So I did. I took his advice. First couple weren't quite as good. And they and they always say when you go back and play the beginning ones, you're going to go, oh, my God, that's awful because you've learned and you've grown. But everybody has to start somewhere. So you need to start. That's the big thing. Just start. Yeah, I did. I did. It will never be perfect. No, no, never. And I always tell my clients, someday and one day never come. That's right. Whatever it is you want to do, you need to start acting on it now. Even if it's just in a tiny way, even if it's, you know, something. Baby steps. Yeah. If if it's not something you can actually do yet for whatever reason, you can start planning and researching and, yeah. Which is what I did. I did that for over a year. And then finally I said, okay, it's time to start. It's time to jump in. And I did. But it is scary because, you know, I'd never done anything like this before. And I'm not technical. So, and we're going to talk about that next. The boomer technology gap, because there was a big gap and I had to learn how to do everything you need to do for a podcast. And it's not that hard, but you've got to learn to do certain things. That's all. Yeah, I just jumped in and learned because I knew I had to pivot and I was getting to the age where I wanted to be out of real estate into something else. So it was time to just jump in, do Uh both of them for a little bit and then 
cut loose and just do the podcast. So I'm getting ready to do that soon. I'm still doing a little bit of real estate, but not too much. And pretty soon I'll be just doing the podcast. So it'll be much easier. I'm proud of you for being so brave and going for it. Yeah, I just, you know, life is too short and you yeah. see it when you look around, you know, people that are dying of heart attacks young and I, yeah. I'm hoping to be around to a hundred, but I, I'm not counting on it. So yeah. you got to do what you wanted to do. Why, I, you know, I gave up that dream when my kids were younger because I just couldn't, it, you needed a lot of money to do it back then. Frankly, yeah. you can start a business on a shoestring with the internet. You can yeah. do anything today, much easier than it was before. So for mm-hmm. boomers to go out and start their own business, it's just super easy, but you need some help. You need some mentoring because it'll go easier if you get the mentoring. So tell us what the boomer technology gap is. Okay. Well, you know, younger people now, they grew up with technology. They don't even think about using it. It's like a part of them. I mean, when we were growing up, we didn't think about how does the telephone work? You know, we just picked it up and called. We didn't think how does the TV work? Oh my gosh, it's well, it was exciting when we went from black and white to color, but we just (laughs) used those things. So younger people now, they just grow up using it. They can't imagine not having it. Right. And and they're not afraid of breaking things. Yes. See, older people that didn't grow up on it, using technology, we're so afraid of breaking things. And right. where younger people just start using it and, they're, and they'll figure out how to use it. And so there's a whole, there's a thing like where the younger people like that are called digital natives because mm-hmm. they grew up digitally. And we're digital immigrants because part of our life wasn't digital. Right. And so, you know, if you think about it from that angle, I think I think it makes people not feel as embarrassed or bad. So right. if you think about an immigrant moving to America, they don't know the language yet. They have right. to learn the language. And if they immerse themselves into society, they will co- become fluent much more quickly. But if they're afraid and they stay insulated and isolated within right. their own ethnic neighborhood, they may never learn to speak the language. So that if people think about it like that, you know, don't be embarrassed, don't be afraid because everybody has to learn. And so part of what I do is I'm a translator between the the generations because even bigger companies, they are working with younger people. And a lot of times there's a communication gap. The younger people are thinking and saying one thing and the older people are thinking and saying another and they don't realize that they're not, talking about the same thing, or they don't realize that they don't understand each other. And that can lead to real heartache. It can lead to huge mistakes because they don't even know that they aren't talking about the same thing. So I love to go in and work with companies and just work like as part of the team Mm -hmm. and help translate, help make sure that the owner or whoever is asking the right questions and getting the right answers and making sure that the younger people truly do understand what it is that person wants. Yeah, that's true. That's so important. Yeah. It's just like husbands and wives, like so many times I'll say something to my husband. He'll go, no, no, no. It's this way. He's saying the same thing, just a different way. And he doesn't even realize he's saying the same thing. It's like, I know, I know men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. We do speak a little differently. So we have to be careful that, you know, many times we're on the same page and we're fighting about something that doesn't need to be. We're on the same page. We're just saying it differently. Yeah. So it's the same yeah. thing with the tech, yeah, technology gap. 
Yep, it's very similar. Yeah. So with the book Boomer Cash Out, the reason I wrote that, it's not how to do it. It's the kinds of things that you need to be doing, that you should be doing, and that you can be doing to make your business more valuable and marketable to be able to sell one day. Because right. only about a third of businesses ever sell. The ones that do sell go for about half of what an owner thinks it's worth. Yeah. And sadly, the average entrepreneur, the majority of their wealth is tied up in their business. So you think about it. If somebody thinks, oh, my business is worth a million dollars and they and they're counting on selling it and right. they can't sell it at all or they get lucky and they do sell it. But for five hundred thousand, I mean, you're talking a whole different retirement scenario. Right. So that's why I wrote that book. It's short. It's really easy to to read. It's layman's language. It's not all this tech gobbledygook. And it's just to kind of help open people's minds to what they can do. And if you are building a company that you want to sell, you have to start thinking about things way ahead, like five or 10 years ahead of time, like so that you take the right steps, like you said, to make it saleable, you've got to do certain things. And if you wait until you're like, oh, I just, I'm sick now. Now I have to sell it. Well, now you're in a crunch. You probably won't be able to sell it. That's exactly right. And if, if you do know that you want to build it to sell, yes, from day one, you should build it like that. But a lot of people have started their business and built it and they never really thought about it. Right. But Still things that they can do and integrate technology and so forth, you know, to make it more likely to be able to sell. Yeah, that's great. So is there one final bit of advice you have for my audience that we didn't talk about yet that would Um, be helpful? Well, from the business angle, it's your business and you can make it anything you want. And that's the thing that people need to remember. Stop looking around at everybody else. Stop feeling like you have to do what they're doing and the way that they're doing. Dig your heels in and go, no, I don't like it that way. I'm going to figure out a better way to do it or a better right. way for me to do it. So right. yeah, it's your business and you can make it anything you want. Yeah. And that's one of the things I was considering with real estate, because with real estate, I love doing it. But the one problem is you're at the back and call of the buyer at all times. Right. And I've I've gone away with my family for holidays. And of course you get that call. They want to buy a house. You're yeah. writing up agreements on vacation. You're doing stuff. You're making calls. You're negotiating. That's why I love the podcast. I can do my podcast whenever I want, wherever I want. I can do them ahead of time so I can take a month off. There's so much flexibility that I don't have in real estate that I, I loved it while I did it, but now it's time to pivot and do something different. Well, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example. So if I were working with somebody like you that was like, I'm tired of having to deal with these people, but I love real estate and I still want, I wish I could still do it, but I, you know, I don't want to be tied down. Mm-hmm. Figure out a way that you can find a, your niche within the real estate industry that doesn't involve you having to work. <laughs> Directly right, with right. The at the time that they're buying. Right. And, and it could be, you know, it, this is just off the top of my head. It could be anything from consulting with people who are buying to help them figure out what they want in a house. Right. Because a lot of people, they don't really think about it. They're just like, oh, I want a house. They might know how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, you know, the neighborhood, but they don't think about the little things. Yeah. So it could be for buyers or for sellers. You know, I mean, that's just something off the top of my head that if you wanted to stay in real estate, you could find some tiny niche 
that you Thanks. claim as your own and you become or, the expert. Or what a lot of agents will do is they'll build a team. So they've got a yeah. whole team of people. They've got mm -hmm. buyer's agent. I didn't do that so that, mm -hmm. and right now there's no time to build it. I'm pivoting. And, you know, yeah. I, I like podcasting much better because I love using my voice. But, you know, a lot of realtors will do it. They build a team. So they've yeah. got the team that, so when they go away, they're not bothered. They've yeah. got the team to take care of. And that's really smart. When I got in 17 years ago, there weren't a lot of teams. Now there's tons of teams mm -hmm. so that there's always somebody available to help the person when they need help, which is good. Yeah. But so, what you're doing now is the perfect pivot for you. It is. It absolutely. Your personality. It fits the way that you want to live your life. And you literally could do it from anywhere. Absolutely. I mean, I've worked from Italy. I've worked from Canada, you know. So as long as you have your computer and, and internet access and for the yep. podcast, microphone and camera, you're That's good. all you need. Yep. <laughs> I know that's, that's all right. you need. It's great. I love it. So, so you're hopefully I'll do more traveling and I'll do some podcasts as yeah. I travel. Once we're through COVID, this is just horrible because, know, you know. I, it feels like it's never going away. So I know. And I've been wanting to travel for yeah. so long. I did go visit my friend down in the villages in October because so many people have been telling me I have to move there. Yeah. And I, I just hadn't been there. It looked nice, but I had never been there. And when I went down the beginning of October, I just fell in love. I just loved mm -hmm. it. I don't like all the golf carts because I'm not a golf cart person, but I guess I'll learn that too, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you need to just ride around in on the cart, in the golf course, with right? the and watch everybody else play. And then you That's can it. In between yeah. It's yeah, a fun so, place. Yeah, there's lots to do yeah. and lots of fun to have. And it's warm so I can be out every day because right. I love to walk. I took my walk today, but it's 30 degrees out there. Yeah. So you really have to bundle up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's a real pain. Well, yeah, and about the villages, they have the largest VFW in the world. And yeah. so the NASCAR driver that I work with, we promote resources for military families. They've been wanting us to come down there and do an event with them so after you get down there we need to yep after i'm settled in we'll yeah yeah we need to cook up an event together we want to do it when the driver is in florida you know it makes it right. easy but we want to do something really fun with them so absolutely and you know there's so many people that would love that there's so many ex you know soldiers marines air force whatever in the villages it's amazing so we could pull together an event that would be a lot of fun that'll yeah. be great my husband's retired Navy, so I'm part of that community. And the NASCAR driver's brothers, both of his older brothers are active duty. So. Oh, wow. Now, my husband was a merchant Marine, so, <laughs> you know, so he wasn't in the service, but he yeah. was on a boat for years, and it was great. He got yeah. to travel the world. He just loved That's it. Awesome. So, cool. yeah. Well, thank you. This has been great. This has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed it. I thank you for joining us today, Lisa. And I know my Boomer Nation is going to get a lot out of it, too. So thank you oh, for joining welcome. us. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed talking with you. And I cannot wait to have you on my show, Disrupt Your Nail, because you are a true disruptor. Yes. You are somebody <laughs> who looked at your life and you're like, you envision how you want to live it and you're doing it. So, absolutely absolutely and i can't wait we're gonna have a lot of fun on yes. march the first so mark your calendars march the first yes. seven o'clock on facebook youtube and linkedin you can join yep. any yep. of that yep. so can't Good. wait thank you so much
We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.